You're listening to the Improve Photography Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. A dream is just a great idea. It doesn't have a website yet. Make it a reality with Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website. You can showcase your work, blog or publish content, even sell products or services of all kinds in just a few clicks. It has award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. You can customize everything from look and feel to settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers, and there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Head to squarespace.com improve for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code improve to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Welcome, everybody, to the Improved Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers who listen to the show, and we are so glad to have you. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and joining me today at the roundtable is my good friend, Connor Hibbs. Hey there, Connor. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. I'm so glad to have you on with me today. We're going to have some fun. Yes, we are. All right. So first off, uh, I want to remind everyone, we're going to keep putting these little bits in the front until it's kind of done. We are in the midst of rebranding the podcast network. It's going to be rebranded to Master Photography Podcast Network. And we've had a bunch of questions that have come up in the Facebook groups, people saying, what is going on? What's happening? And if you're one of those, and maybe you're hearing this for the first time and wondering what's happening to the podcasts on the network and improve photography, you need to go over to the FAQ that we've created. It's at uh, masterphotographypodcast.com slash FAQ. So you have masterphotographypodcast.com slash FAQ. Whole bunch of questions and answers that are there should clear things up. If it doesn't, drop us a message in the Facebook group. We'd be happy to respond. And in speaking about the Facebook group, it's, the, it's still today called the Improve Photography Podcast Group. So you just search for Improve Photography Podcast and you should see the group. We are going to change that at some point in the future, probably somewhere around the end of June or so. But for now, that's the name of it. And if you are, have questions and want to find out kind of what's going on, be sure to head over there. We do have to make sure to ask you a question before entering the group. You got to keep the bots and the spammers out of the group. So you have to provide the name of a host on the Improved Photography Podcast Network, or now the Master Photography Podcast Network. So my name, Jeff Harmon, or Connor Hibbs here, hey. will work. But you have to do one. I've had to decline a whole bunch of requests to add to the group because they didn't answer the question. If you don't answer the question, I can't let you in. Uh, just not enough time to be able to go and research people and see if you're a spammer or a bot without it. So there you go. Necessary evil of the world today. <laughs> um, I also wanted to remind you real quick that we are returning to separate feeds for the podcast on the network. So Photo Taco, the other show that I host, is out there. It's uh, it's already kind of converted over, um, and so you can resubscribe, and you will start getting new episodes of Photo Taco through that subscription. You can get information at phototacopodcast.com, and I'd really love to have you go and resubscribe. If you used to be subscribed there and you, you killed it because we moved the feeds all together, then go back and resubscribe. Uh, Connor, why don't you take a second and talk about the show you and Erica do as well? 
Yeah, so I am one of the two hosts on the Portrait Session podcast. Hopefully you're familiar with it. Um, but we are going to our own feed as well. Please go and subscribe at Portrait Session um, on the iTunes feed or through Stitcher or wherever else it is that you're doing stuff. Um, we're actually going to be changing the format just slightly in the way that we do our show. Now, instead of just doing one episode on a particular topic, um, we are recording everything in seasons. So each season is going to be on a different topic with this first one being that we want to give people a ton of information on how to start building a business with their photography, um, specifically their portrait photography. Um, so we're, we're going to start producing that. Um, I, I think we're recording our first episodes of that this next week and it, it will probably start posting on that separate feed here in about two weeks so just go ahead and subscribe over there at portrait session if you are interested in portrait photography um, and making a business out of that yeah business and lighting you guys go into oh, lighting yeah. constantly do a lot of lighting it's pretty much anything if it has to do with uh photographing people we're gonna talk about it um there are already over 100 episodes in our back catalog that's over there you can also go and visit us at portraitsessionpodcast.com i think that all of us have tried to secure domains that are the sh the name of the show with podcast right .com. so right. photo taco podcast portrait session podcast latitude podcast etc etc um Yep. It was kind of a hard decision to, to do that or not. We had we kind of talked back and forth and deciding what we're going to do. But the, the majority of the listeners told us they really liked it when they were split out. That way they kind of got to decide a little better which shows they, they wanted to consistently go and listen to. So um, we decided to do that. All the feeds are going to be separated and they all have their own websites that kind of correlate to that. It's going to be fun. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think that overall, it's it's for the better for everyone, not to mention it's going to allow us to create more content for yeah, everybody yeah. to listen to, which is going to be a, a fantastic thing. If you like hearing our voices, if you don't, well, I guess don't. subscribe. <laughs> <to> <laughs> right. But there's going to be some goodies. I know I have some big plans for a couple of additional things that will only be at the Photo Taco podcast website. So it, yeah, same same for us over at, at Portrait Session, yeah. but all of that will be announced in the near future. Right, right. We're in the midst of the transition. Pardon the dust. All right. <laughs> okay, so we, we're going to get to the main topic of the show. And yes, eventually you'll stop hearing that beginning part. But for now, we just there, there's so many people that don't keep up on the show continuously. We got to make sure that's in the first part. So, so we have a chance to get everyone caught up on what's happening. All right, so let's go into the topic today, Connor. Um, I want to start this as kind of a discussion. I know I, I liked what Brian did with you guys on the round table a few weeks ago where he sort of uh, forced you into an argument. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and I want to kind of do the same thing today because it's a fairly controversial topic. And, and I'm going to take one side. I'm going to I'm going to have I'm going to force you into the other side. I'm OK and, with. <clears throat> all right. So as we go to, to, to talk about this topic, I want to split up. Uh, the audience that's listening into four groups, because I think we, we kind of have four separate groups. One of them, this, this topic isn't going to apply very much, but the other three, it all applies to. Um, yeah. The topic is that paid photography is dead. <laughs> it's over. The era has, uh, you know, history is, it's now part of history. It is passed on. Um, the first group of people listening that it doesn't apply to really are those seasoned pros out there who've been making a living doing photography for their entire lives. 
Uh, we're sure glad they listen. We got lots of uh, topics that we come, uh, we, we go and, and talk about for those people. Not as much today. <laughs> Doesn't really <laughs> apply as much today to them. All right. The other three groups then. Some of them are like you, Connor. They're pros that are making their living doing photography day to day, but they didn't really start out that way. So that's, yeah. that's one group that this applies to. Some are like me and they are passionate hobbyists. And they got bit by that photography bug and been doing it for fun for, for a, a few years and maybe even a little bit of paid work here and there. And then the last group that this, this topic applies to are those that are just barely getting going. They just barely kind of got bit by that bug. And they're at the, the point in their lives where they, they have yet to make that decision about kind of how they're going to make a living. Um, their, their first job, their first real job where they're having a, starting a career. And that's kind of where I want to start with this topic. Then I want to start with that last group, that beginning photographer, absolutely fallen in love with the art. They have a dream to have yeah, photography be their career and make it a living. Maybe they're in high school. Maybe they're just graduating high school. And they're at that point. They've got to make that life choice about a job or college. So, Connor, what do you think a person in that situation is likely to hear from friends and family as they go to ask about or say, hey, I want to pursue a career as a professional photographer? Oh, boy. Um, that's that's going to be a hard conversation to have with a lot of people. Thankfully, sometimes people interested in this field will have supportive families and loved ones and friends that um, are just all all on board. But I think for the most part, and anything with arts is kind of a hard sell for parents and people of the, I mean, friends, people that care about you because it's so up in the air in general. Art is not having a degree in engineering or something where you're going to have job security forever. And I think that that scares a lot of people. So I think a lot of people that are looking at this as a career from an early stage are going to get a lot of um, pushback or at least hesitation from their loved ones. Yeah, I've heard many very successful photographers, actually. I've heard many say that as they were considering making that jump, they were told, you don't want to do this. This is not going to go well for you. Look at the, the field out there. Look how competitive it is. There's just not a career to be made there. And so, so that's, uh, let, let's add a little bit more to the mix here. Yeah. Um, because the times are changing, the, the uh, industry is changing significantly. And adding to my argument that it's dead, that it's over, which I don't actually believe, but for the sake of our argument, that's what we're gonna. Yeah. That's where we're <laughs> gonna go. Uh, you have some some key things that have happened that have really significantly impacted the industry. So, the the cell phone is one of them. It's uh, it's killed off compact cameras. That that really killed off that market that market entirely. And it, it had this effect where it's it's pretty well eliminated some photography jobs. So a couple of examples I can think of. Uh, you have more trivial types, like maybe the photographers that you used to see at theme parks. You still kind of see some there, but boy, are they bored. They're not, <laughs> they're not doing a whole lot because uh, everyone's perfectly fine taking their family vacation Selfie. photos. Yeah, selfies with their, their smartphones. And those camera guys are just standing there like, man, how long do I have to stand here anymore? Um, and then, but you have some that are kind of more, more important, at least socially and, and to, uh, to the world. Are, are things like photojournalists, where that's increasingly rare. You used to have yeah. staff photographers for media outlets and 
and they would go and capture these really important things to be able to report with the news. And, and a lot of organizations have said, yeah, you know what? Readers, they don't really care about the quality of the photos overall. They just want to see something from it. And arming the reporters with a cell phone is good enough. <laughs> is good enough. That's that's one thing that I, honestly makes me kind of sad to see photojournalism yeah. in the state that it is now. But uh, that that's besides the point. Uh, All right. So so this is fueling my argument that it's dead. And, okay. and you, you have the cell phone that's, that's impacted it. Next yeah. one, the other... The next one I could think of um, is the accessibility of really good photography gear these days. It's it's really the reason I'm even here doing a podcast about photography at all. Uh, You know, I've talked on the shows on the podcast network a ton about you can do some really incredible work with very entry level cameras these days. It can be inexpensive. I won't say cheap. Um, that has a, like a negative connotation, but inexpensive, and it has to be said like relatively inexpensive because you still have to do make an investment for sure. Yeah. Um, but even compared to like s- smartphones these days, you're getting up into the same prices on on some smartphones as it would cost for an entire entry level camera system capable of doing some very very good work. So the the barrier to entry, you used to have a pretty significant of, uh, amount of money you'd have to spend on gear. Uh, to be able to do photography and, and it made it so people didn't like casually kind of get into the they didn't start it as a hobby because boy that just the cost racked up so quickly yeah that they, they kind of stayed away from it and the accessibility the the relative inexpense of uh, the gear has lowered that barrier entry so that everybody's got like an aunt an uncle a brother somebody in their family who's got a camera and kind of knows how to use it and it's really making it tough because you're competing against those people who will usually do it for free and, yeah. and get stuff that's probably good enough for a lot of things. Um, so let's limit the discussion right now to just those who are that first decision point deciding in their career and they, they want it to be photography. What are you going to say to them about those couple of things that are impacting the industry? So, so first let's, let's tackle the, the cell phone conversation. So yes, um, cell phone cameras are making it much easier for people to take photos all the time. And a lot of the more trivial jobs, like the ones that we were talking about at, at theme parks and whatnot are kind of going by the wayside. Um, but at the same time, the, the quality of cell phones as good as they are, it's not anywhere near the same kind of quality that you're getting from a DSLR. It's, it's near it, but it's not, so much that I'm that really concerns me. Also, as we all know, as we're getting more experience, is that a good camera does not a good photographer make. Right, right. You know, it, it really does have a lot more to do with the person behind the camera than the person that is uh, taking the photos. I, I can't tell you how many times I've handed my camera to somebody to take a picture <laughs> of me and my wife, and they cut me off at the shoulders yes. with a world above me of just open sky. It's like, dude, like you didn't even kind of try here. At least in my mind, it seems like you, you just totally missed the point of this is a photo of us and you focused everything on the sky and barely got us in the shot. I at just all. barely had this exact problem. So we, me, my wife and I just did family portraits for our extended family, her side of the yeah. family. And that means we have to be in the picture, right? So, so, so now it's a problem. So I took pictures of all the other families and individuals, and we, we got hundreds and hundreds of pictures, and they're, they're pretty great. That there's, uh, I got some lighting involved. It was outdoors, but 
I got stuff set up so that I could even go through them pretty quick. I've got enough familiarity with this now that I could work through that. But then it came time that like my wife and I had to be in the photo and then our family, my, my family, (laughs) part of the extended family. So we had her sister take the pictures and her sister's like, I know how to do this. This is, I can do this fine. So, so she takes the pictures and just like you said, they're, they're cropped off. Like they're cut off. I have, we're going to have to redo them. It's just, it's not going to work. And, and, and even worse, like the focus is completely off. It's, it's not even right. And, and I, it wasn't even using back button focus. I switched it so that it was not back button because I knew that would no there was no way that was going to work to ever take the picture. And, uh, and yet I ended up with these, like the exact same everything else you had the the lighting gear was all set up we were posed in the same spot we had the camera all set up ready to go all she had to do was push the button and it still didn't work (laughs) it still didn't go well so yeah yeah. i i mean it's the same thing i do a lot of youth sports photography and i can't tell you every single time we have the kids in their uniform like putting a foot on a soccer ball or whatever and i'll be taking the photos and you'll have a parent that stands over my shoulder taking photos of their child and i just want to scream at them because i'm like okay there's nothing about this spot that is making this photo great it's everything else that i'm doing with it it's the way that i'm lighting it it's the way i'm composing it so you standing over my shoulder taking a a photo you might as well have just grabbed your child and brought them somewhere else and had them (laughs) do the same thing because you're not getting the same photo that i'm getting and and it can be really frustrating sometimes when you see people that clearly don't get that there's a difference there. But the, the thing is, they still see the difference in the results. So the parent might want that photo right now because my photos are going to take two weeks to get to them. But once they see my photo, obviously my photo is the one that's going to be printed and put on their, their wall because it is – going to be better because I have taken the care and time to learn how to use my camera in a way that they definitely haven't. So as far as cell phones go, I, I think that honestly, that that's great in a number of ways because that gives us a tool that can constantly be with us as photographers. And yeah, it's, it's definitely hurt certain areas of the photography industry, but those are areas that are pretty low level anyway, I would consider as far as the profession goes. And, um, the, the, the ease with which those things have been taken over is no real surprise to me. Yeah. In that regard. Okay, but your your advice, given that they're they're hearing this from their their friends and loved ones <laughs> telling them, don't do this. This is gonna go badly. Look, you got people with the cell phones, you got people with these inexpensive cameras, the competition is it's driving <laughs> the prices down. You can't make money at this anymore. What what do you what is the answer there? My advice is take photos that are better than cell phone snapshots right. in that regard. Like it's it's honestly, I think a lot of this conversation, um, a lot of the the doubts that people put forward, end up getting quieted as you get better, uh, because I. I definitely started with no real interest in making this my job. I wanted to make some money at it, and by the time it was a consideration for me that I that I wanted it to be a job, I was taking work that was good enough that no one really questioned why I wanted to make it a job. So I would say, just practice. Make make your work something that is going to be significantly better than those cell phone photos, and people won't bring up this question nearly as much. Right. So. Keep listening to the podcast on the Master Photography Podcast Network, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Take take our advice to heart. That's going to tell you how to distinguish yourself and, and make Absolutely. it there. I, I totally agree. So now I'll step off the debate side for a second and, and just say, <laughs> I like with anything, there's competition in every field now. There's a lot of competition in most of the Absolutely. fields. 
And so, yeah, you do have to figure out how am I going to distinguish myself? How am I going to build a resume? And in some other fields, you got to figure out how am I going to build a resume that's going to make me stand out so that I can get the job that I want. Uh, it's it, There's intense competition in a lot of industries. And so learning everything you can about it, how do you distinguish yourself? And then you can be wildly successful even today. And that's probably not going to change, although I'm going to try to make some more arguments in, yeah. a, in a second here about <laughs> some other things that are going to impact it. But let's first thank our sponsor for this episode. It's Squarespace. Support for today's show comes from Squarespace. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Squarespace makes it so easy to turn your idea into a new and unique website, customizing everything from look and feel to settings and products, all optimized for mobile, which is a big key. You've got to have mobile nailed or you're really going to lose the interest of, of prospective customers, which we're talking about today. You've got to find a way to distinguish yourself. There's one of the ways you can do it. Make sure that your website looks good on mobile. You can showcase your work, blog or publish content, announce a special project, or even sell products or services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Connor, you use Squarespace for your portfolio website. What's it, what is it you like most about the service? Oh my gosh. Uh, so not only do I use this for my portfolio site, but on the newly made Portrait Session podcast um, website, that is also a Squarespace site and not one that I got some sort of discount code through them because they're an advertiser. I, I paid full price for it because I honestly think it's fantastic. Their, their service is really easy to use. It's super easy to set up. And anytime I've had questions, they are really great with their uh, customers customer support. Um, that's something that a lot of people can say, but it's it's something that you really have to back up. And man, do they do it. I, I've had a number of questions with the podcast stuff recently, and they've been on it with any questions that I had. That's awesome. So yeah, we, we don't let any of the advertisers come in and uh, buy space on our podcast without believing in the company. So we, we definitely believe in Squarespace. They do offer an extremely good product. And, uh, and you need to go and check it out if you're interested in increase up in your game, making it so that you distinguish yourself from your competition. Squarespace is a really good way to make that happen. Head to squarespace.com improve for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, don't forget to use the offer code improve. That'll help you save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So again, that's squarespace.com improve. And when you buy offer code improve. All right, let's go back to our discussion here. I want to kind of move on from that beginner level now. Let's, let's go to a different segment of the listeners. Let's talk about the hobbyist who has a day right. job. They're, they're paying the bills right now with a day job. They're not in love with their day job, maybe. <laughs> their, heart, <laughs> their heart is really, really in photography. And they maybe, let's say they haven't done much paid work at all. They're mostly doing portraits of friends and family. And the people that they do that work for just gush over their photos. Yeah. So they, they think they have a chance at this. They Maybe they've listened to a bunch of uh, master photography episodes already. <laughs> and uh, and they're, they're pretty good. Um, they think they want to make a go of this. You know, this was a spot that you and I have both been at uh, over the last few years. Um, I made the decision to keep photography as my passionate hobby, <laughs> and I do the occasional paid portrait work, but you made the decision to actually quit your day job and become a full-time photographer. So Connor, I wanna know, uh, you did it a couple of years ago, could that still be done today? And if it can be done today, how long do you think that's gonna last? <laughs> 
So, so uh, to clarify, I actually, I left my day job just a little bit over a year ago. Okay. And, um, by how long do you think it'll last? Do you mean like how long will having the ability well, to replace let's, first? Let's do can, can you do it? You did it a year ago. Can that still be done today here in mid May, 2018? Yeah, absolutely. I, I see absolutely no reason why you couldn't do that today. And what, what would be like the formula to make that happen then? Um, see my, I think that everybody's situation is a little bit different. And I think something to, to keep in mind when you're going into this is having realistic expectations for starting out. Um, you know, if, if you're working as a corporate lawyer making tons and tons of money, um, yeah, it might be a little <laughs> bit harder for you to do this full time. Might if be you're better to be a hobbyist at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but in my situation, I was working a job that it, it paid me well, but it wasn't anything fantastic. Um, I was able to live comfortably, but it was uh, about what. I reasonably thought I would be able to replace. So I actually went about doing this just by forcing myself to not take unpaid work. And that's, that's not exactly true. If it was something that was my idea or something I wanted to build my portfolio with, I still shot for free here and there. Um, but I really wanted to set the bar for, no, like I deserve to be paid. So if I'm not getting genuine value out of the session that I'm shooting, I need compensation for that. Um, so I think that that's the first step here is just keeping in mind that your work is valuable and learning how to start seeing that in your work. Um, and from there, I honestly, I got to the point where I was almost just, just barely under the replacement of what my day job was paying me with my work outside of my day job. And a handful of those clients were, um, people that were coming back consistently so I could count on their, their, uh, the, patronage. The income. Yeah. 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 The, the income coming from that. So yeah. I think that just going about building your business with your spare time, it's exhausting. And it, <laughs> it really, it strained some relationships in my life. Um, particularly my wife got to a point where she just said, you know what, you, you can't do this again. Um, you have <laughs> to either go full time in this or you need to back off. And I wasn't about to back off. So I, I, was able to make that commitment to jump in full time, which was scary. Um, but yeah, I think that it absolutely can be done done today as long as you have a little bit of forethought, a little bit of planning, and save a bit of money. Don't go into it. Don't leave your day job if you're broke. Um, right, right. Wait until you have a decent safety net put in place before you jump off and go into this full time. Okay, so I, I think it could be an entire episode to just talk about like maybe some general steps you could take you're so you're on this this precipice and and what do you do how do you advertise all that kind of stuff that's not what we're going to talk about today so let's we'll just forgo that maybe for a different time another in episode fact, can i can yes. i stop you for one second if you're interested in hearing <laughs> about how to do that this first season of portrait session that we're going to be creating is definitely going to be for you because the whole thing is going to be targeted towards how to build up a business and step off a into doing it as a job or even as a side job excellent perfect so you're going remember you got to go subscribe to the portrait session podcast in order to make sure you get that season of episodes. And if this is you, if you're the hobbyist who wants to go pro and you want to do portraits in particular, you want to go check out that season of episodes. Okay, so yeah, we're not going to cover it here. Got to go over to portrait session to get that. Um, how about then, Connor, the second part of that question was, do you see this 
being a possibility for a long time to come in 10 years is this do you think the same ability to go from hobbyist to pro is going to be there uh, yes i do but i i say that with a caveat um the the thing is, I I see articles from t- time to time that come up saying that paid photography is dead. In fact, that was one of the things that kind of sparked this conversation. Right, right, yeah. Um, and and I think that the big misconception here is that the people that write those are writing from the perspective of the way things have been has changed. Yes. And that means I I don't want to adapt, so it's dead. And it's. It, uh, I think that there are definitely going to be things that change the face of the industry and change the way that we have to go about doing business. But I don't think that photography is going to be a craft that people are not interested in anymore. I don't think it's going to be a thing that images are just out there and available and everything's been photographed. So everything is on a stock site for five cents. You know, it, there is always going to be a need for some sort of imagery. And I think that photography in one form or another is going to stay put in place even for the next few decades. Okay. So I I think I, I totally agree. You've hit on the key point and maybe that's going to launch me into the, the last argument that I've got for you. (laughs) Um, But, but I, I agree with you. So, okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get to that last argument. So yeah, what I wanted to raise now, and and it's kind of a, a point about, We've seen some of these things. We talked about the cell phone, how that's changed the industry, photography in, in, in specific. You you have the the barrier to entry with really good equipment being made available for, for a, a lot lower price so that uh, people, it made it very accessible to a lot of people. The, the thing that I see coming in the future that's going to have kind of a, a, a big impact and it's partially here already, and that's... AI, artificial intelligence. Yeah. All right. So we, we have, we, we've talked about this equipment, but but we just barely said, well, the reason though, the, the way that you can distinguish yourself is you got to learn how to use that camera better than, than Uncle Bob um, yeah. so that you can produce results and maybe not only just use your camera, but also how do you process your photos on the computer? That still remains a fairly significant barrier to entry today the processing yeah. side of things. You've got to spend a lot of time. Some people get it faster than others. I'm pretty slow, so it takes me a while <laughs> to figure out how to do processing. But you, you have to invest in yourself and, and educate yourself. Um, there's videos. There's all kinds of ways. We, we go through it a lot, even on these podcasts, about how you can improve and, and master the craft of photography. And processing plays a big role today. Um, mostly kind of manual efforts. There's tools, there's things that, that help you and, and can reduce the effort, especially if you shoot it really a, a specific way in camera, makes it much easier to process on the computer when you get to that stage. Yeah. So so that's all there and that's good. But today that, that does act as a barrier to entry. And I But I think the AI is going to change that. It's going to get good enough, and we're seeing examples of it already today, but it's going to get good enough that that barrier is lowered, just like the uh, inexpensive camera gear kind of lowered the barrier to entry on the cost that it would take to kind of get started at all into photography. That barrier to entry where you don't have to invest a ton of time to figure out how to go process this image, you're going to be able to push a button and out comes a really incredible image taken out of the camera and, and made awesome automatically. Yeah. 
and maybe even have like, you know, 10, 15, 20 different ways that you could look awesome and you pick which one you like the best. Um, but it's going to be so accessible and lower that barrier to entry. It's going to really challenge the field. You have examples of that today. Like we, we have uh, Adobe Sensei technology. And that's already doing some of that automatic processing. You have apps on phones that do this pretty well, too. There's a whole bunch of it that automatically enhances photos pretty significantly. They are even faking. Some of the phones are faking portrait modes where you you get a better (laughs) depth of field. And there's classic, you know, fails in all of these examples because the technology is pretty new and still developing, but it's coming. And the most recent example, have you seen the NVIDIA technology that was demonstrated where there was like a, a woman's face that was more than half obstructed by, it was like some green, it looked like vines almost. Um, and NVIDIA technology was able to reconstruct her face, kind of like doing this massive content-aware feel that you have in Photoshop, and, yeah. and reconstruct her face so that it looked very, very good. Did, did you see that? I, I totally didn't. I'm really curious to, to see this now. Yeah, so, so it's artificial intelligence that made that happen, and it's, it's going to become something that's so ubiquitous that your average person is going to have complete accessibility to that. They're going to be able to go and get that and use it. And you're going to have another one of the current barriers kind of threatening photography then, photographers and and the careers, because now Uncle Bob, who can barely use the camera, can produce, like the technology is going to get good enough in a camera that he can just capture an image throw it to the AI software who will be able to do all this processing for him and produce incredible results even though he doesn't really know what he's doing. So what do you think of, how, is, how are we going to make sure that we adapt going forward so that we're still relevant and there's still a career in photography and people can make money at it? The thing is, I think that this is one of the reasons why it's important to pay attention to technology that's coming out i'm not a huge gearhead but at the same time i I like paying attention to the things that are being done because i honestly i think that before this becomes anything that is a consumer level it's something that us in an industry are going to be seeing and learning how to use and being familiar with far before anyone else i can't tell you how many times somebody's tagged me in an article of things that are just like yeah of course we can do that Um, (laughs) Because it's something that I heard about three years ago, and now they're finally somebody made a, I, I forget all of it, like a BuzzFeed video that's like, you you won't believe what these cameras are doing. It's just, <laughs> yep, yeah, that's that's uh, totally a thing. My dad sent me a photo of a gimbal recently because he saw one out in the wild and was like, that is crazy. Can you, have you heard of these things? I'm like, yeah, Dad, I'm familiar with <laughs> image stabilizers. Like that's not that's nothing new to me. Um, And I think because of that, that means that we're just going to be integrating all of these new tools into our toolbox. Um, I think that, yes, that's going to help proliferate all the way down to the consumer level. But I don't think that that's necessarily a reason to be scared as professionals. It's just that technology changes and that's only going to make our lives easier and more helpful. Um, I I mean, just recently I I was shooting a job and I had photographed somebody that had some logos, just like little lapel logos on their polo. And um, the person in charge of the whole thing that I was photographing was like, oh no, we need to have them come back because we need to have them change their shirt. Uh, We can't have those logos in the shot. I was like, what do you mean? I can just quickly <laughs> clone that out. That's I circle around it, and it's a content-aware tool. I barely have to have knowledge on how to right, do this in order right. to 
be able to do stuff like that. So I think that um, sometimes being on the inside of the industry news, it can be scary looking at these things saying, oh, man, this is going to be the end of things. Uh, But realistically, I think it's more likely that it's just going to be integrated into our workflows and just change the way that we do things. Um, I'm sure there there are some things that we are currently doing now that will be taken over right. um, by them becoming available to the, the consumer. But it, at the same time, look at visco filters and how much that proliferated and saturated our entire industry in the way that uh, so many p- people process in a way that is no longer visco filters, but they essentially are making their own. Right. And I think that that has devalued that look to a certain degree. I think so many people are doing it now that um, it's common and it's looked more at as a commodity than as an individual artistic style. Um, But then you have plenty of people that don't shoot, don't edit in that way. And their stuff is still perfectly viable and something that is worth a bit more because it's not the thing that everybody's seeing. So I think that these technologies, sure, they'll change the way that we do things and change the look of things that are popular. Um, but I'm not worried about that hurting the careers of professionals. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to come back and join uh, Team Connor again on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, because we, we have history examples that can teach us a lot about these kinds of things. This isn't the first time that a, a set of industry jobs has been threatened. It, that's happened yeah. in history over and over and over. You had machines that were invented and at that, you know, at the point as they were invented, I'm sure there were people having discussions very similar to what we were doing just now. Uh, they didn't have technology to make a couple of guys record a podcast and publish it out to the internet. <laughs> but but they, I'm sure they had discussions like, oh, we got to stop this machine. If it gets built and gets done, we're going to lose our jobs and we're not going to be able to make any money more. And this, that's going to be a problem. And then it, it may, yes, certainly it, it probably eliminated jobs. No question that had to have been the case. And it's probably better that it did because it was a job that people probably weren't super happy doing in the first place. And maybe if they were, that's sad. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, it's it's a sad event for them that this thing that they liked doing now has repla- been replaced, you know, they've been replaced by a, a machine of some kind. Um, but it made new jobs. It created different kinds of jobs. Now someone has to take care of the machine, for example, and uh, maybe they need to improve on the machine. So, And the guy maybe who had all those expertise in the job that he got replaced in, he would know a lot better about how the machine's not matching up to the job that he was doing and how yeah. we can improve it. And now he can go work for the guy that, like the engineer maybe that built it and say, you know, if it could do this better, you'd really have a much better end result. And, and they can work together and that's valuable. And, and so it's just adapting and changing with it that is so, so important along the way. If it gets easier so that you can do a sky replacement without even thinking, which is coming very close, that's yeah. there's a lot of tools that really help us there, or whatever the, the post-processing thing is that AI is going to assist us with, well, that just means we have to spend a little less time on the computer to get there. But there's still going to be things that are going to be, uh, you know, you adapt, you figure out how to incorporate those new things into your own workflow so that you leverage them. And maybe, yeah, now that makes you, you spend less time on the computer, less time processing stuff, which will be kind of sad for me because I really enjoy that part. <laughs> but, uh, and so I'm the guy that's going to be sad that the robot replaced him. But, um, but still, it's, it's the, the overall 
work that you need to do, the way that we're capturing photos when we're making memories for families and we're working with people and getting them comfortable in front of the camera and we're lighting it well, there's a lot of things that are still going to be involved. I think no matter how much technology gets in, in, in there and helps us to, uh, to produce really good images, uh, it just hopefully becomes easier and easier over time so that we can focus more on the things that actually do matter and less on the stuff that we're having to think about today because there aren't these fancy tools to, to really take full uh, do that for us. Yeah, absolutely. I I can think of a handful of examples just off the top of my head that speak to this. And um, the one that that I relate to a lot is just thinking about painting. And if you look at the the movements of painting, um, everything changed really quickly in the 1800s after the advent of photography. Um, Everybody used to go for, like, there are a lot of movements that were moving really heavily towards painting um, with realism and looking very much like real life and pretty soon you'll say within 40 50 years of the the camera coming out you started seeing all of this abstract expressionism and impressionism right. and uh, just different forms of of work that no they they real painters realized that reality was something that this new tool was better at doing so they went in a direction that helped to accentuate the the ways in which they are able to use their tools differently um Similarly, I mean, digital photography was supposed to be the end of photography because now everybody's going to be able to take as many photos as they want. <laughs> and and honestly, I think that because of digital photography, photography has become amazing. Yes. There, you, you see so many phenomenal, really high caliber photographers because of that ability to take multiple photos and see your results right away instead of having to wait for the, the work to come back developed. I think that if anything, it's Sure, the, the barriers for entry are lower, but the v- barriers for being a professional have gotten higher because of that. Um, so I, I think that it's just a matter of industry will change as technology comes out. It's not going to completely eradicate the way we do things. It's just going to make us move more in areas that are specific to the tools that we have. Um, and I, I, I think specialization is going to be um, a phenomenal thing that technology is going to help us to increase yes so yeah i think the the overall message then is there's no way that paid photography is dead there's still a huge huge market for paid photography there's increased competition in the field now but there are any like any industry in competitions increasing across all of them and you have to adapt you have to figure out what you have to do and that adaptation, you may decide you don't like it anymore. That's perfectly valid. It may be yeah. that it's changed in a way that it's no longer appealing to you. But if you love, if you really, if you like it still, and you're willing to work, I, it won't matter really what industry, what field it is, as long as you're willing to do that and you're you're going to spend the time and work hard at it, you're going to be successful. You're going to be able yeah. to find a way to adapt and and be able to stay relevant and be able to make money at it. You just have to figure out if uh, photography is the thing that's that's going to help you to do that or if maybe you do need to you want to take the approach that's me personally. I'm just not very interested in trying to make a career out of photography. I yeah. love talking about it. I love doing it and I love my day job. So I'm good. <laughs> There's no reason <laughs> to change that. It, it's it's something that I mean this is a business and any business that is entrepreneurial um, is going to be a bit of a crucible. You'll have people that 
just fall off right away and you'll you'll get a refined number of people that are really really great pure artists um that are also fantastic business people and whenever i see these articles it's always people talking about like oh you know what there are so many people getting into the industry that'll do it for free and my response to that is okay well are any of them phenomenal and doing it for free because anybody that i know that is worth the money that that they should be getting paid to do this as a professional are not that they're they're (laughs) not going to be doing it for free if they're super super high-end um professionals and i think if you're complaining about that you're probably looking in the wrong direction you're looking at the people on your coattails instead of looking forward and trying to pursue betterment um so i yeah i'm rambling now so i guess it's it's page photography is dead long live page photography right (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) yes there's definitely a way all right that's we're gonna we're gonna end there with the episode before we leave though we have doodads and a couple of reminders to to go over so first off uh connor what doodad do you have this week um so my doodad is a pretty simple one this is something that i think if anybody is interested in getting into lighting and understanding lighting better and doesn't have the money for more expensive modifiers etc um it's it's just diffusion fabric um it's a nylon material there's any number of places that you can get it but i tend to find mine on amazon and it's just a a large semi what is it called it's translucent yeah translucent where it allows light through but not all the way and it'll just diffuse your light a little bit more you can buy this stuff for about ten dollars for a big like five foot by five foot size piece of material that you can use to start playing around and building your own light modifiers to just kind of help improve the look of your portraits and etc so that's nylon diffusion fabric all right we'll put a link in the show notes um over at masterphotographypodcast.com. We'll put the links out there to that. I have today, it's kind of a stretch, but but it is <laughs> slightly photography related. We try to make all of our doodads photography related. That's why you're listening to the show, so we should have doodads that are related. Uh, SanDisk Connect Wireless Stick is my pick for today. It's normally about $100 on Amazon, but here in mid-May 2018, it's on sale for $60. I don't know how long the sale will last. Uh, for a 128 gig stick. So this thing, it looks just like a USB flash drive and you can use it just that way. It'd be an expensive way to do that because the other (laughs) feature that it has is um, when it's not plugged into your computer, it it will produce a Wi-Fi signal and then you can have your phone connect to it and then you can transfer things from your phone to the device. So it could be a way to either back up photos from your phone to the device or a way maybe to get photos from the device, from this wireless stick to your phone, especially if you want to maybe do some posting to social media. Um, a use case I can imagine that would make it photography related would be if you're out, you're out and about out in the field and you're, you've got a bunch of photos, you had enough time maybe to pull them off of your memory card onto your computer, but you're not going to go edit them right at that point. Uh, you could quickly copy them then to this USB flash drive. And then when you're on the road or when you're when you have some time in an airport or something, you could potentially um, grab the photos from the memory stick to your your phone, use Lightroom on your phone, do quick edits and post them out to social media, for example. So anyway, yeah, this is super cool. The way I'm going to use it is not at all photography related. <laughs> uh, we're going on a family vacation soon and we're going to be in the car for 14 days with my kids 
and they're going to go nuts not having Netflix and <laughs> the stuff that they're used to there. So we're going to put some movies onto this 128 gig memory stick, and then that's another capability is it can stream the movies from there to via Wi-Fi to the phones. So it's going to be fun. And a link to that will be in the show notes too. That's the SanDisk Connect wireless stick. All right, last couple of things, and then we'll end the show here. Masterphotographypodcast.com. It's the new home for the show. You want to go check that out if you want the show notes. And uh, the FAQ is out there. And we're going to have other goodies over time that you're going to see out there. Um, make sure to visit improvephotography.com too. We we are rebranding the podcast network, and, and uh, the podcasts are going a little bit different direction. But we still love Jim and the Improved Photography website. Still continuing to produce incredible content. In fact, I, I kind of uh, helped an author, a writer, uh, over this past week in, in some stuff that he's been working on is a, a new article will be coming out sh- shortly over improvephotography.com. So you're going to want to check that out. Our Facebook group is Improved Photography Podcast. You can search for it. And then remember, you got to put the name of a host. Jeff Harmon or Connor Hibbs will work to let you in. <laughs> and uh, you can find my work at JS Harmon Photos. The S is for my wife, Susie. So jsharmonphotos.com. You can find my other podcast, Photo Taco, over at phototacopodcast.com. Connor, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on my website, which is just connorhibbs.photography, on Instagram at connorhibbsphotography, and over at our Portrait Session podcast page, um, which is portraitsessionpodcast.com. All right. Lots of uh, websites there, but all good stuff. <laughs> Plenty of content for people to go and, and master their photography so that they can distinguish themselves from other photographers and and have a career in the business. It's totally possible. You can do it. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining this episode. We'll see you in another seven days. 